Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Why, hello there, and welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about parenting with anxiety. For a lot of us who have anxious kids, the apple does not fall too far from that anxious tree, right? You guys know who you are out there. I know who I am. So I thought it would be really good to talk about how do you parent when you're anxious yourself? A lot of times parents will ask me, I'll get a lot of emails from parents who will say, I'm an anxious person. Did I cause this? And I hear that a lot in my practice when people are coming to bring their anxious kids in to see me. They will say in their parent-only sessions, they'll say, did I do this? Did I create an anxious child? And no, you did not do this. And it really angers me when people do say, yeah, you did, because that's not fair to us anxious parents out there. Now, having said that, are there things that we can do to improve our children's anxiety and not make our kids anxious? Yeah, we're going to spend the entire podcast talking about that. But anxiety is genetic. There is a very big predisposition to getting anxiety. And so if you have anxiety or somebody in your family genetics has anxiety, then your children are genetically at risk to get anxiety as well. That's just kind of part of life, just like brown eyes and blonde hair. But there are ways to kind of keep your anxiety in check so you don't parent in an anxious way. And I think that's the difference. Just because you have anxiety doesn't mean you have to parent with anxiety. You can parent without anxiety, but be an anxious person. So A does not equal B, if that makes sense. It's not like, okay, I have anxiety, therefore I'm going to give it parentally to my children because that's how I'm going to parent. No. So let's talk about five ways that you can keep that annoying anxiety out of your parenting. The first way I want to talk about is to watch your reactions around your children. And this is so key because our anxiety oozes out of us. I actually didn't realize that I was a completely anxious person until I had kids. And then I was like, oh, wow. You know, hindsight is 2020. I I had no idea I even had anxiety as a child until I became a child therapist. Isn't that sad? And then I realized, oh my gosh, these are... Are, these little people are just like me. And, and I guess it was just undetected anxiety. You know, my parents kind of had the, you know, suck it up mentality and move on, which didn't really help a lot, but it taught me how to be tough. And, and now I realize once I had little people of my own that I had anxiety and I'm parenting and I don't want to convey that anxiety to them. And I've gotten it in check, but And we'll talk about that at the end because getting our own anxiety in check is is really key to all of this. But the first thing that we can do is watch our reactions around our kids. So when you have little people like toddlers who are learning how to walk and they're tumbling and they're falling, you have to keep that that reaction, that (gasps) reaction in check. And I am so guilty of this. I got better after my first child and my second, my third kid, I got into the swing of things and I would be like, get up, shake it off. 
you're okay. And inside I'm like, oh my gosh, is he bleeding? Oh my gosh, is he going to lose his tooth? I would have all these like horrifying thoughts in my head, but I learned to develop a really good poker face. And that's important because your kids are looking at you for how well they're doing. We are their anchor. We are their rock. And so they gauge their emotion based on our emotion. This is incredibly true when you have toddlers. Uh, It becomes less true as you get into your tweens and teens. Then they can care less about what you think. In fact, a negative reaction is a bonus (laughs) at times. But when kids are little and in elementary school, they really want to know, you know, what does mom think or what does dad think? You know, do they have fear in their eyes? because then I'm going to react in a fearful sort of way too. And you do have your teens obviously too, who, who will gauge how bad a situation is based on your reaction. So that becomes tricky when you are a parent with anxiety. How are you supposed to have your own anxiety issues, but not convey that to your kids? How do you become a rock and inside you feel like jello? <laughs> I get that. And you, you really want to put on a very good poker face and that will help your kids because they're going to move on a lot quicker. And I learned that early on with my kids, with my daughter, when she would have a tumble and I'd be like, <gasps> and then she would look at me, there'd be like a 20 second pause. And then she'd burst out crying. And my husband would eventually say, can you stop with the noises? Because they're reacting to you. So fake it till you make it. That's my tip for number one. The second thing I want to talk about is be aware of your own irrational worries and don't verbalize them to your children. This is a tricky one because a lot of anxious parents don't realize that some of their anxiety is actually pretty irrational because anxiety in general can be very irrational, right? On a basic level, like listen to your language, watch out, you're going to fall, you know, You can say things instead like, you know, hold on to the bars as you climb or, you know, get that out of your mouth. You might choke. You can change that to like chew better so that your food is smaller when you swallow. (laughs) That doesn't really sound that much better, but you know what I mean? You kind of want to, you want to reframe things. You know, a lot of times anxious parents will frame things based on their own anxiety. Hold my hand. You're going to get hit by a car Uh, would be, you know, a better thing to say would be, hold my hand so I can keep you safe, you know, or hold my hand so we can all stay together or hold my hand because the car can't see you. You know, I had to learn how to talk that way because I talked like the other way I talked out of my own fears. It would be, hold my hand. You're going to get crushed, (laughs) you know, or don't jump off the bed. You're going to like, you know, you're going to hit your head and we're going to go to the hospital or, you know, don't chew on that. You're going to choke and die. Like, I had to learn how to curb that because those, that was the initial thought in my head. And so I didn't filter it. It was what came out of my mouth, but because I have three anxious little people, their eyes would grow wide and they would say, I could, I could die if I swallow that. And I'm like, Oh gosh. So if I swallow this, I can die. And then now I have made them more nervous about that anxiety. So that doesn't really help. So I keep my worries to myself and I try to frame things in a more positive way so my kids don't catch on because they're always listening. 
The other day, my kids were playing and my 13 year old thought it would be a great idea to show my seven year old how to do a flip into our really big bean bag. And so my kids are not gifted in the tumbling department. In fact, they're probably tumbling delayed. And so she was doing a horrendous job trying to flip into the bean bag, which is right up against a window and there's not a lot of space and the bean bag is a little awkward. So it's a little deep. I can't explain it anyway. So she's trying to teach him to tumble, to go head first and flip, which they have no skill at doing. And then my son was trying to do it. And he was like an inch away from the wall. Every time he kept running really fast into the wall, trying to do a flip Uh, it was like, it was a bad idea all around. And of course my anxiety is seeing them crack their neck or can you crack your neck, break their neck, (laughs) whatever, or like hit their head on the wall. I was just seeing danger, danger, danger. And so I was trying to tell my 13 year old, Hey, this is a bad idea. Please stop. And because she's 13, now she wants a reason for everything. Why, why can't we just flip? Why can't we do that? And so I was like, look, you can break your neck. Just stop. And of course, my anxious seven-year-old perks up and goes, you mean we could die from doing this? We could die from doing a somersault? So, (laughs) oh no, you can hurt yourself. Let's not do it. It's just not a good idea in the house. So I had to like backpedal. And it's not like to sugarcoat what you say, but I just use that as an example because I always love to throw myself under the bus. But it's to show you how an anxious kid can take our anxious statements and make them their own. Now, if I didn't backpedal and I elaborated on that, yeah, you could crack your neck. I don't, I said it again. I don't think you can crack your neck. Yeah. You could break your neck. You could really hurt yourself. He, he could hold on to that and make that his own anxiety for a really long time. So be careful how you word things. And I'm telling myself that as well, because obviously I don't always do a good job. So on to number three, if you have to take precautions to ease your own anxiety, that's okay. Just do it without your kids knowing. So if you have anxiety as an adult, you're going to have anxiety themes. I always, if you listen to any of my podcasts, you'll hear me talk about anxiety themes. Kids have them. Parents have them. Anxious people in general have them. So you have certain things that trigger your anxiety. And normally it's under a theme, a safety theme, choking theme, danger theme, Uh, illness theme, whatever you have it, you know what it is because you know, you have anxiety because that's why you're listening to this. So you probably will still do things to help keep your own anxiety in check because you're human. Figure out what that is and don't do it in front of your kids and definitely don't transfer it onto your kids. So I'll give you a couple examples. One with me, because I love to show you how horrible I am. (laughs) And two, with a parent that I worked with a really, really like a decade ago. So um, one time I had a kid come into my office and he was, um, his hands looked really chapped. He was washing his hands a lot and he was like five. And I looked at his hands and I thought, Ooh, that looks a little like OCD. You know, his hands had the signature OCD look, you know, they're red, red gloved. It's kind of a look that a lot of people who overwash their hands get. So I mentioned it to his mom and his mom said, Oh yeah, I, I make him wash his hands all the time and I make him wash his hands, you know, after the park and I make him wash his hands when he touches his sister's toys, I make him wash his hands, 
in the middle of the day just to make sure he's clean. So she was going way above and beyond the average hand washing. And she was projecting her own hand washing OCD issues onto her child. So that's an obvious one. That's a direct correlation between a, um, a parent's anxiety and them putting it on their kids. I actually had another parent who had anxiety too, and she would make their kids come in and change clothes, take a shower, change clothes. And by the time I saw the child, he was a lot older and he didn't realize that that was something that people didn't really necessarily do. You know, that he, he explained to me, you know, you're contaminated when you go out. So when you come home, you need to decontaminate and you need to take all your stuff out of your backpack and put it next to the wall. So that it could be decontaminated. You need to go wash, take a shower and put regular clothes on. Once he realized that that's not normal and that's an anxiety, he was able to undo that behavior really quickly because it was just learned behavior. It wasn't driven by his own worries. It was driven by his parents' worries. So be careful with that. Now, I'm not that extreme and hopefully I wouldn't be because I'm a therapist and I'm trying to get my own stuff in check, but I do have a choking theme and I've talked about it on previous, in previous episodes, but I do worry about choking and it's just one of those things that I have. So I might go and cut my kid's hot dog in a diagonal way so that they don't choke on it because it's a perfect little size for their esophagus. And I've mentioned that before, but I'm not going to highlight that to my kids. I'm not going to be like, oh, you're eating hot dog. You should cut it lengthwise first, or here's some popcorn, but you know, get me if you're choking. <laughs> no, I mean, do things that you need to do take care of your own anxiety. So I totally admit, and I've admitted before on a previous podcast. Yeah. If I can, I will cut my kids hot dogs lengthwise because I'm paranoid or I will cut their food in really tiny, tiny little bits, especially if it's steak, because I don't want them to choke and I don't want it to be my fault, but I definitely do not highlight that for my kids. And in fact, one time my daughter, this is going to be a horrible story, but my toddler daughter, we had gotten bad cereal. We got tricks, but tricks, you know, those colored tricks balls. So tricks came out with mini tricks and they were like these little tiny size circles that my kids wanted and that I got for them. And so I was taking a shower and I came out and my daughter was screaming in a panic and she was about three at the time. And I came out of the shower and she was you know, screaming and I couldn't tell what was wrong. And I'm like, what's the matter? What's the matter? And I'm trying to be calm because, you know, fake it till you make it. And then she's like, oh, my nose. So I looked at her nose and she had stuffed these blue mini tricks balls up her nose. It was so gross. And they were at both nostrils and they were so up there that I couldn't get them. And inside I was completely freaking out. But she was already freaking out and she didn't need mom to freak out either. And so on the outside, I was stayed very cool, calm and collect. And I was like, you're fine. You're fine. It's just cereal. You're fine. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, am I going to go to the ER? It was so far back and I couldn't get it. But thankfully they are corn balls. And what I didn't realize at the time is that they eventually dissolve in the nose. And so within about a minute or two, she was able to breathe a little bit more and she was fine. But my, my point in telling you that horrible, weird story is that inside I was completely freaking out because it was upsetting and 
and that's kind of one of my triggers, you know, as far as being able to breathe or choke. But I didn't convey that to my kids when they're going through an issue. So take precautions for your own anxiety. Do what you need to to minimize it, but don't highlight it to your kids and don't transfer it to your kids. Okay. Up next, we are going to be talking about how do you keep your own anxiety in check and how do you know if it's anxiety or if it's just good parenting? We'll talk about that next. You're listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Okay, so number four is how to gauge whether it's anxiety or just parenting. You know, have a non-anxious friend or partner tell you if your parenting worries are warranted or if they're irrational. This is really helpful. And hopefully you have a partner who is not anxious or you have a great sister or a great mom or a great best friend who is your saner self and is your voice of reason. Use them because if they know you and they know your kids and you trust them, you can say, Hey, am I being crazy? This is what I'm worried about. And I do that with my husband all the time because we're a great team because he is the calmest person I've ever met. I don't even know if he gets anxious, even in a anxiety producing situation. He is very calm, which is great because I am not, I try to be, I work really hard at it, but it's not my baseline. And so a lot of times I'll have an idea of what, like a rule for my kids or, um, a worry. And I'll ask him, I'll say, I'm worried about this. Does that, is that crazy? And sometimes he'll be like, yeah, that is crazy. Or he'll call me crazy lady, which I totally don't appreciate. He'd be like, yes, crazy lady. That is crazy. (laughs) And then I know like, okay, I'm out of control. Or he'll be like, no, I would worry about that too. That's that, that is worrying. And so he's my gauge. So find your gauge and see if a worry that you're having is rational because you are a parent and you're going to have, you're going to have worries that are that are your gut instinct worries, you know, and you want to trust your intuition and you want to trust your gut. And that is going to be a totally different episode. Cause I love that topic, how to trust your gut and how to get your kids to trust their gut. Super interesting and very, very important to do. But unfortunately, if you have anxiety, sometimes it's not your gut. Sometimes it's your anxiety. So get your person, your go-to person and let them be your gauge. Lastly, and pretty obvious Get help for your own anxiety. I think sometimes, you know, we're too proud to get help for our own anxiety. But then once you become a parent, you realize even if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for your kids. And it doesn't mean that you have to go to a therapist or a life coach, although that's a great option if that speaks to you. But you can get a self-help book. You can watch videos on YouTube. You can do anything. Listen to a great podcast and get your own anxiety in check. There is a great anxiety podcast called anxiety podcast. (laughs) I was like, wait, what is it called? Oh yeah. It's a very simple name. Anxiety podcast, the anxiety podcast with Tim JP Collins. It's a great, that's a great podcast. And I like to listen to it because he makes a lot of sense. So if you're having anxiety, you know, find something that helps you, whether it's a person, whether it's a book or whether it's that great podcast, or there's lots of them out there, listen and get yourself help. Because when you purposely and conscientiously make an effort to help reduce your anxiety, 
you can blossom. And when you blossom, you parent better. And when you parent better, your kids are happier. And so it's a win all around. And I know since I worked on my anxiety, since I, you know, became in love with helping kids with anxiety, my anxiety got better. When my three kids started having anxiety and I started to help them, my anxiety got better because I practiced what I preached and I needed to step up and become a rock for them. And in so doing, I helped myself because I wasn't going to be an anxious person helping my kids with anxiety. That doesn't make any sense. So I fixed myself first and I got it under control and then I am a better teacher for them. And you need to do the same thing for you. Fix your anxiety, empower yourself, become a fighter, and then you'll be able to teach your kids to be fighters if they have anxiety. And if they don't, you'll be able to enjoy them better because you're not going to be sitting there wringing your hands, being anxious yourself. So I hope those tips help because it's not fun to have anxiety and it's definitely not fun to feel guilty all the time and feel like you're doing something horrible as a parent because you're not. We're all just trying to be the best that we can be and parenting is messy and we're all going to have stuff, whether it's anxiety or depression or diabetes or whatever. We all have our albatrosses to, to deal with, but the fact that you're just trying to work on it says a lot. So I hope that you have a wonderful upcoming week. If you have comments or questions about this episode or any other episode, leave them at anxioustoddlers.com and I will reply to every comment that I see. Don't forget to subscribe if you want to have these just roll into your iTunes or wherever you listen to this inbox. They will be coming out every Tuesday. And if you're feeling exceptionally grateful for my podcast, you can leave a review. That helps me a tremendous amount and I really appreciate it. So I will talk to you next Tuesday. Until next time, I hope you find the sparkle in every day. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com. 